Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. Another way of looking at diversity. You know, we live in a world today where um, children are forced by their parents usually to adopt some kind of an identity different from their birth identity. Sometimes that's along sexuality lines, gender lines, and so on. But children then become confused, bewildered. And those children are already showing some signs of, of unsettlement, and they will in the future. The issue here is that these kids are, unbeknownst to themselves, forced into a different lifestyle, a different way of thinking of themselves, and a different way of behaving, uh, not because they want it, but because it's forced on them by an adult, namely their parents. And then they find out that here they have these different points of view and feelings and reaction patterns from society that they didn't even ask for and didn't expect. But there's another uh, group of people who are um, diversified and um, have to deal with life in a different way themselves. These are what we call the third culture kids or sometimes called the third world kids. Third culture kids or TCK by the way, TCK. These are kids that um, grew up in another culture than their, than their own, usually from the ages of birth to about age 18. It's usually because their parents go to work in another country. Parents might be a pastor or a missionary that serves in another country and brings his family with him. It might be a businessman of some kind and whatever, an educator or a student that goes to another world to another part of the world to study and brings his family with him. And these kids then are raised in this kind of dual relationship between their own birth country and the country in which they are reared and grow and, and are raised in the first 16 or 18 years of their life. So these kids then have a mixture of influence. They have the American influence, if you will, and then they have the influence of the culture in which they are living. Could be the Middle East, it could be Germany, it could be France, it could be Africa, it could be China. I mean, all anywhere, all over the world. And all these kids that live in different parts of the world, although they were born and raised initially in America, are referred to as the third culture kids. In other words, their first culture is that of their birth. Their second culture is the culture in which they were raised or lived for a majority of their first 18 years of their life. And then the third culture is, of course, the worldview and the sense of, of one's own self that brings these two cultures together. It's the amalgamation of these other two cultures. And we refer to that as the third culture, third culture kids. It's a hybrid, if you will, between two cultures. Now, I speak about this for a couple of reasons. One is that there's a large number of kids that fall into this category. This category, by the way, was introduced into our thinking back in the years of 1960. A lady by the name of Ruth Hill Seen. She was a professor at the University of Michigan. She traveled in India and studied the expatriates uh, there in India, These those that were living in India but were born in America and to try to understand the children of those parents and found that there were some very enduring, some very different personality traits in the, in the children as compared to the parents. 
children kind of developed, if you will, their personality by bringing together these two cultures and making it all like into a third culture, and that's why we get the term, the third culture kid. Now, I bring this up for this reason. We had two children. My wife and I went to another country to study. We were there five years. That was my doctoral studies. And our children were introduced into the culture of that country. Obviously, we went back and forth to America over those five years many, many times. And our children then became acquainted with and, and uh, involved in the American culture for brief periods of time, like for Christmas holidays or the summer. And then we went back to the other country, and the kids then picked up the culture of that particular country. And every country is different, of course. Language, lifestyle, behavioral patterns, attitudes, values, and so on. But we have two children of our three, two children that were born into another country, and they are third culture kids. Now, these kids you know, have their own families now. And one of them went to another culture with two of their children and lived for 18 years in the country of another culture, another part of the world. And they raised two children as third culture kids. They were American, but they were also part of another culture. And they incorporated the values, the attitudes, the behavior patterns, and lifestyle of both what they saw in America and what they saw and experienced in the country in which they were raised. And sometimes those attitudes and behavior patterns were very similar. Sometimes they were very different. So the children then kind of being exposed to these differences in lifestyle and values and behavioral patterns between two different cultures come out of that experience at age 18 as a third culture kid incorporating lifestyle and behavior patterns and values of both cultures into a new culture known as the third culture. Now, there are some very definite dis uh, attitudes or characteristics of these children uh, who are raised within a uh, mixed cultural background and mixed cultural experience. They are not immigrants. Immigrants kind of come to a country and they intend to stay there forever. Third culture kids go to another country with their parents and stay there for a temporary period of time. Maybe six months, maybe six years, or maybe 18 years, whatever it might be. But it's that period of time that they adopt the ways and the thoughts, patterns of that country in which they are living during these formative years of their life. So they're not immigrants. They're different, you know, from immigrants altogether. These kids come out to be tolerant cultural chameleons, if you will. That is, they are adaptable, highly adaptable, to different ideas and different ways of life. They're used to having people from different points of view and different behavior patterns and different appearances and different dress and so on come into their life and come into their home and relate to them as friends and so on. So they are certainly cultural chameleons. They have to fit in. They have to learn how to adapt to differences and to different people and to different ways of life. Now, that's a good thing, but it can be too difficult if there's too much adaptation, too much change that takes place in their life. But because they don't want to appear to be wishy-washy, you know, that any idea is okay or this is okay today and something else is okay tomorrow and so on. So that idea then of being a 
tolerant cultural chameleon is very, very important. It's good to learn how to adapt. It's good how to accept differences and to live with differences. But at some point, you come to the decision as to who you are and what you stand for and what you take on as your own behavior, your own values, your own beliefs, your own faith, your own ways of life. So you pick and choose, and then you adopt your own. And that's what the third culture kid has to do. He has to become, at some point, a person unto himself, from which he draws from many different sources and different ways of life, more than the kid that was raised in one culture, one country, all of his life. But here's another one. These kids, these third culture kids, usually grew up to be very independent. They grew up to be cosmopolitan. They often struggle with losses that they've suffered in each of the times they moved from one culture to another or from one home to another. They have to, it's kind of like a, a, a series of grief that they experience. They move from one home to another and they experience grief. It's like a death. Then they move from that home to another home and that's another series of loss and another bit of grief. And someday they come back to America and then they lose all their connections where they were living before, and that's a series. So they live in this sense of grief all the time, of losing friends and losing identity and losing some of the preferences and some of the ways of life that they enjoyed in the culture in which they were raised. So these kids are independent, sure. They know how to make decisions. They know how to travel. They know how to get on a train. They know how to get on a bus. They know how to get on an airplane. They know how to go places and find their way, and they know how to do it alone, and they know how to become self-sufficient more than those that are in America living here all their life. So these kids are very independent. They're almost, almost the envy of many other people because they're so independent. But yet, on the other hand, independence isn't always a good thing. Sometimes it's hard to make friendships. It's hard to keep friendships. It's hard to make new friendships when you're an independent person. People who are dependent do not want independent persons as their friends. So it becomes then a question of how do you make friends and how do you keep friends if you are an independent, you know, person. So that's a very important part of the third culture kid is this, this high degree of independence. And here's another one. We call it divided loyalties. You know, they're raised in America in a way. They're Americans. They go to another country and they're raised in that particular country. Are they German? Are they French? Or are they American? Are they American-German? German-American? What are they? So what you have then is a uh, confused loyalty. You see it this way, very, very clearly. When the pledge to the American flag is to be conducted, your third culture kid doesn't know what to do. Does he pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America when he's lived 18 years of his life in another country? Not because he's just loyal and doesn't like America. That isn't the point. The point is he has divided loyalties. So does he stand up and give his loyalty to the American flag and stand up and give, the, give his loyalty to the flag of the country in which he was raised? Perhaps that's the answer. Let them have dual loyalties, dual country loyalties, if you will. Well, here's another one. Where do you call home? Where do these kids call home? 
they call home where they were born? Or do they call home where they lived most of their life? Do they call home where their family, extended family members live? Or do they call homes where their friends live? Or do they call home where they have spent the most amount of time as compared to the least amount of time? Where do they call home? These third culture kids need to have that, make that decision. And they have to live with it comfortably so. And obviously, what about education? When they're in another country, some other countries have a much better educational system than America. Sometimes America has a better educational system than another country in which they might be living. So are they ahead in their education or are they behind in their education? Do they need educational assistance or are they fine and can just move on and more rapidly go through the educational system of America because they've been trained so well in another country? You see, countries have different educational standards, different expectations, different levels of achievement. So when you're living in a, for a number of years in another country, you might very well be very advanced in your educational knowledge and thinking and ability, or you might be very much behind. It's obviously very different. So there's a lot of factors that come to play here with kids that are third culture kids. And um, what's hard is obviously when they move and they leave culture and come back to America, that's broken attachments they have to deal with. You know, they have to deal with that sense of mobility that we go here and we go there. But you know, there's a lot of benefits being a third world kid, third country, third culture kid. These kids travel. They travel all over the world. Our kids have been in about 40 different countries, you know, because they travel. They're comfortable traveling. They feel at ease going on planes and trains and buses and so on and meeting people and asking directions and asking questions. They can do that with ease. So one of the benefits, of course, is that they know the world. They experience the world. They go see the world. They live the world around as compared to the American or the average American kid who doesn't travel at all out of the country. Third culture kids often speak different languages. They speak the American and they speak the language in which they were reared in whatever country that is. And sometimes even a third or a fourth language. So there are these languages that these kids learn and that pays off in the long run. They learn to deal with different people, different backgrounds, different value systems, different attitudes. People of different color, different races, different ways of thinking. They learn to deal with that, you see, and learn how to make those kind of adjustments. So there's just a lot of advantages to be a third culture kid. There are many different and disadvantages. Many ways that these kids struggle, many ways that they flourish. They're all different. But we need to understand and we need to appreciate this form of diversity or this aspect of diversity, this slice of diversity, that there are a number of these kids that are different and have different experiences. And many times they're great kids and they have very profound educational experience and breadth of experience and knowledge of language and people and places and things far beyond their peers. And sometimes they have trouble becoming a friend to an American peer. They become very independent, very alone. So there's good things and there's some things that are not so good. But these kids generally thrive. 
generally they thrive well. And as they grow up and as they enter into the workforce, many of these third culture kids are desired by the State Department of the United States because they speak different languages and they know different people and they can travel and they can go places and they can find their way around the world. So in a lot of times employment is very open to them. The possibility of making a career uh, in an international level is very, very important. So they're in a lot of ways international students and they'll always be international students and international adults and that's the great thing so when you know one when you see one of these third culture kids just get to know them and appreciate them and come to know them deeper than just some their name and a little bit about them talk to them get a sense of their thinking their values and their uh, the depth of their personality you know you'll be surprised and you'll be enriched by them they're great kids to be around they're wonderful to take out for lunch and have breakfast with and have lunch with because they just they talk and they're open and they just share a perspective that otherwise you don't get so you learn from them and appreciate them that's the third culture kids it's just another slice of diversity nice to have you with me and I'm glad you're there and go to my website www.booksbyhedberg.com and uh, pick up the book there, Lessons from My Father. Learning life lessons. There's, a, there's lots of different lessons, 77 of them in there that you can learn from your father and your grandfather. And when you learn from another older generation, it's like learning from people from another culture. It's the same idea. You learn a lot and you benefit. So pick up the book. You'll like it. Bye for now.